Good Sunday morning to you. Obviously, I'm not Cecil May. Cecil May, uh, Wednesday, had to be taken to the hospital, and uh, we're doing this taping on Wednesday, so I don't know what the uh, end result will be, but uh, I hope when uh, you get this on uh, your TV or screen or whatever it is, that he'll be well and doing well and back home. So I'm doing his class this morning. He started uh, last Sunday in the book of Acts, doing the introduction, and did the Cecil May job of good work. So I'm not going to go back to that. But I do want to go back to the book of Luke. Luke is the historian. He's a physician. Luke wrote Luke, and Luke wrote Acts. In fact, if I'd be putting the Bible together, I'd had uh, Matthew, Mark, John, Luke, and then Acts, because when you read Luke, the last part of it especially falls right into the book of Acts and continues on. So that'd be a good transition. So we're going to look at Luke 24. The last uh, Jesus had died on the cross, been raised in the grave, uh, and he's ready, ready to ascend back to heaven. But before he does that, he tells the apostles there's some things that are going to happen. What they're to do, where they're to go, and what will happen to them as he sends the Holy Spirit. So that's in, in Luke chapter 24. Um, let's go back to verse 44 of Luke 24, the last chapter of Luke. Remember, Luke wrote both books, starts O Theophilus and both books, and uh, see what Luke had to say. He said to them, these are the apostles, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Jesus did not come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. And there's a difference in the two. And so all these things have happened. If you read the old law, uh, the, the prophets, all these things, Isaiah especially, you'll see that I am the fulfillment of all those things. He opened their understanding. They might comprehend the scriptures. Uh, the apostles had been with Jesus three years and yet still didn't quite get it. Still had questions about it. We believe heaven's their unbelief. They still didn't understand exactly what the, well, they didn't understand the mystery. Not been revealed to them. So um, he said to them, thus it's written and thus it's necessary for Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. It's been the plan all along. From the get-go, from Genesis 3, it's been the plan. God has had a, <clears throat> had a plan all along that I would live, <clears throat> I would die, I'd rise again the third day. And, notice this now, verse 47, that repentance, remission of sins, will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem, and you're a witness of these things. Repentance, remission of sins, we preach to all nations starting in the city of Jerusalem. That's going to be fulfilled now in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. And then he says, Behold, verse 49, I send the promise of my Father unto you, tarry or stay in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So, I want repentance, remission of sins, to be preached in his name, my name, beginning in Jerusalem, you go back and you'll receive power, the Holy Spirit, from on high. 
go back to the city of Jerusalem. And as he led them out to Bethany, lift up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was departed from them, carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. So here is the end of the Jesus on earth. Goes to Bethany, lifts up his hands, he's carried up in a cloud, and so they return back to Jerusalem like they were told to with these other instructions. So let's go back to the book of Acts now. Acts chapter 1. The former account I've made, O Theophilus, and that's again, lover of God, what that name means. Of all, Jesus began both to do and to teach until this day in which he was taken up after through the Holy Spirit was given commandments to the apostles he had um, uh, chosen. What were those commandments? Well, the last commandments were that they returned to Jerusalem. They'd receive power on high. They're to preach repentance for mission of sins in his name among all nations. So there were lots, seven things that he told them to do uh, when they returned back to Jerusalem. To whom also he, that's Christ, verse 3, presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. He didn't just say, I'm, it's me, I'm up. He showed them through infallible proofs. What were they? Well, one thing he ate. Uh, he ate. He ate the two men on the road to Emerus. Remember that? Had anything to eat? They fixed for him. He ate with his disciples. Why would he eat? Well, spirits don't have to eat. I know the Bible talks about heaven and a big banquet table, but that's figurative language. I don't think there's going to be any problem with us eating chocolate pie in heaven. I doubt there'd be any chocolate pie. I'm sorry to tell you that. Spirits don't eat. But the fact that Jesus ate something, flesh and blood needs food, not a spirit. Well, and being seen during the 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Christ died during Passover, Passover week. Remember, he ate the Passover, the Last Supper, the disciples. He died during that week. Um, he was taken by trial and murdered or crucified on a cross, put in a tomb for three days. So here's Passover, and 40 days later comes, that's four Sabbaths plus the next day, Sabbath day, comes Pentecost. 40 days. Christ died, was on earth for 40 days after his death. In that 40 days, he appeared to 500 men, 1 Corinthians 15, at one time. He appeared to his apostles several times. He proved that he was truly alive and could function, that he wasn't a ghost. So there are 40 days of proof, the time Christ died until Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, when Christ was here on earth. And so he showed himself to be alive. 
And being assembled together, verse 4, with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. And the promise is the Holy Spirit, our Father, which he had, and you have heard from me. The Holy Spirit will come. I must leave that the comforter, the paraclete, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. When we're baptized into Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit worked in miraculous ways in the first century. Uh, the apostles could lay hands upon people and they'd receive miraculous gifts from the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit was there, active, involved. It's the Spirit. Where'd the Bible come from? Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, this book is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not an it. Holy Spirit's always masculine, male, and in person, an object, not an inanimate. So the Holy Spirit, he said, you've heard me. For truly John baptized with water, and John the baptizer did baptize. Remember the Jordan River? People came to him, be baptized, even Christ. You shall be baptized, and the word baptized is a transliterated word. When it got down to baptizing people, um, which if it's translated, it's immerse. That's the word for baptized, to be immersed. You mean immersed or baptized in trouble, bills, you know, water. So it got down to that, and uh, 1611, King James, what are we going to do with this? This word means to be immersed. And by that time, they were sprinkling or pouring or doing other things, any mercy, overwhelming. So he said, well, let's don't translate the word. We'll just take the Greek letters and make those English letters and let that be the word. So the word baptize. But if you translate the word baptize, it means to be immersed. It means to be immersed. And so, uh, you'll be immersed, or John immersed you with water, but you should be immersed by the Holy Spirit uh, not many days from now. Therefore, they came together and asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to heaven? I'm wondering if Jesus didn't just kind of sigh when he heard that question. You're still asking the same question? All the disciples had in mind was that he will come back, the Messiah, Jesus, that he will establish the kingdom of God on earth. They will find the throne of David again and dust it off and he'll sit there. He'll run the Romans out who are occupying the country at that time and he, the Messiah, will rule over the physical land of Israel. Lots of people believe that even today. Lots of people believe that Jesus is not reigning, but will reign. He'll come back to earth, literally back to earth, back set foot on earth and take up the, the crown and reign. 
The Bible, I believe, teaches that he's reigning right now. Right now, he's the king of kings. Right now, he's the Lord of lords. Not will one day, someday, maybe, but he is that even now. The church is the kingdom. I know there's a kingdom of heaven. I understand that. But sometimes the church is referred to as the kingdom of heaven. When you're baptized for remission of sins, the Lord then adds you to the kingdom, adds you to the church, adds you to his body, adds you to his way and his will. You then become part of the kingdom to allow Jesus to rule over you and what you say and what you do. So, they asked the question that Jesus did not answer. Oh, the Spirit then. In fact, he says, it's not for you to know the time or season which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit take that question. I have told you, and you still look on or they still looked at things on an earthly basis. Still had in their mind this Messiah riding in on a white charger and taking control. Get the Romans out. Everybody line up, like in David's day. That was their concept of the kingdom. They couldn't see beyond the physical. Folks, this is flesh and blood. This body, if the Lord tarries, will die. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. This will not inherit the kingdom. But my spirit that lives in me, that abides in me, will live for eternity. Somewhere. And I pray it's the kingdom of God. And so we have the kingdom on earth, the church. We can be part of that, our citizenships in the church, in Christ, to one day live with him for eternity. So will you restore the kingdom? Yes. It's coming soon, disciples. It'll be here in the next few days, disciples. It'll begin in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit, the form of fire and wind will come and light upon you apostles and you'll preach the true words of God. You'll preach, literally open the doors to the kingdom. That's what Jesus told Peter. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Keys for locking or unlocking. I'll give you the keys to unlock the kingdom. When you unlock the door, you allow people to go in. So I'm going to give you, Peter, the keys of the kingdom. Based upon what? This is Matthew 16. That you are the Son of God. That he is, Christ Jesus is the Son of God. 
Remember that? Who do men say I am? I, the Son of Man, am. Some say you're John the Baptist, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Who do you say I am? What Peter say? You're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Son of the living God. That's who you are. And based upon that fact, based upon that truth, Peter, I'm going to give you the set of keys that open the kingdom. And so when Peter preached the first sermon, and we'll get, I know Brother May will get to that next, maybe next week, that unlocked the door to allow the Jews to enter the kingdom. Now Peter's going to come along, uh, Paul's going to come along later uh, with the keys to the Gentiles. Peter first opened it in Acts 10. The Gentiles have access, and that becomes the mystery known that the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone, man, woman, boy, girl. It's for everyone, Jews and Gentiles alike. Well, it's not for you know, the time and the seasons what the Lord put in, uh, in his authority. But when you receive power on high and the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you should be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. If you want a little short Bible outline of the book of Acts, verse 8 would be a good one. You should be with me in Jerusalem. That's, that's Acts chapter 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. And all Judea as they preached the gospel. Then they went to Samaria, Acts 10. And then the ends of the earth from Acts 13 on. You have basically a four-part division of the book of Acts right here in verse number 8. The outline that he gave to them. When he spake these sayings while they watched, Jesus now, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. There at Bethany. Luke 24 says he was just taken up. This says he was taken up in a cloud. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up. Every time I read that, I think of the shuttles. I used to live in Cocoa, Florida, and we were like 25 miles from uh, Titusville and Space Center and all that. And I, I would get up in the mornings and go watch the shuttle go up, or whenever the shuttle would go up, I'd go watch the firing it. And you'd watch it, and you could see it for just a little while. It wouldn't take but just a few seconds. It's out of sight. But you watch that trail, smoke trail, that goes all the way up into the heavens. And I would stand there sometimes to the smoke trail vaporized. I can just see the apostles watching Jesus ascend back to heaven and standing there and watching him as he ascends up. Just watching even when he wasn't there anymore. And while they were looking steadfastly towards heaven, he went up. Behold, two men stood by in white apparel. think they were angels because their clothing may not have been. Who also said, Men of Galilee, that's all the fishermen, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Well, that's a question, in a, answering a question already. This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will also, in like manner as you saw him go up, uh, will come in like manner as you saw him go up into heaven. How'd he go up? In a cloud? How'd he come back? In a cloud. You watched him go up, he'll come back. 
It does not say come back to earth. In fact, there's no place where it says he's going to come back to earth. Come back in a cloud. And we meet the Lord in the air. 1 Thessalonians 5, and four, chapter 4 and 5. So, Jesus coming back. We're closer to that day than ever before. Disciples watched him ascend into heaven. Then they turn and go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. <coughs> Excuse me, look at verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem, the Mount of Olives called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, and John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, and James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. Notice Judas, the carrot, is missing. He has hung himself. They all continued one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. His brothers didn't really get, grasp the fact that he was a Messiah. Not until after his death and resurrection. They become great followers. Mary is a believer. Can you imagine little Mary? Being told before she became to any man that she was being pregnant. That in her womb would be the son of God. When Jesus was born, how the angels rejoiced and the magi and all of that. The Bible says she treasured those things in her heart. I guess she would. And now she's a follower of Jesus. Well, in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, all together, the number of them uh, was about 120. These are faithful followers, been there all along. And men and brethren, the scripture has been fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke in the days of David concerning Judah, Judas, who was a guide to those who arrested him. For he was numbered with us, obtained a part of this ministry. Was, Jesus, was Judas a part of the ministry? Yes. How could he have turned and betrayed Jesus like he did? He was the keeper of the bag. When you see Leonardo da Vinci's painting of the Last Supper, you can always pick out Judas. He painted a bag in his hand. Bag of coins, I assume, on the table. Judas. He tried to give the money back, remember that? Left it. 30 pieces of silver, the price of a common slave. They wouldn't even take the money back. Bought a, a, a cemetery for him. Now this a man purchased a field with the wages of in iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his entrails gashed out. Well, what a terrible ending to a man. Hung himself. Finally, all the 
Innards came out. What was that all about? Who made Judas Judas? Did God make him evil? Did God make Judas the evil man he was? Or did Judas make Judas Judas? Judas had a choice. You and I have a choice. We can be whatever and whoever God wants us to be. We can decide that. You can decide that. Hopefully you'll decide to be a follower, a child of God. Your life is in your hands. I know circumstances come and we've got to do this or that or the other, but the truth is you determine your destiny. God's a judge, but you decide what he will judge. Prepare, be ready. In the hour you think not, the Lord comes. I'm going to stop here. I know Brother May will probably go back over all this again in probably a better way. But uh, hopefully this will be uh, some interest to you. I love the book of Acts. It's the only history book we have in the New Testament, even though there's a lot of history in the New Testament. It is the historian Luke who wrote the history. And so Jesus was here. He died. Forty days later, ascends back to heaven. That's the day of Pentecost. That's Acts chapter 2, which we're not getting into. And um, all these things took place to fulfill the old law. Let's close in a word of prayer. Holy Father in heaven, we're thankful to you for every blessing. Thankful, Father, for sending of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Help us, Father, not to grieve the Spirit, but help us live the life that would glorify you in all we say and all we do. Thank you for your word. Bless each one who's listened this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. And amen.